The following program was produced by a community producer. The content, views, and opinions expressed are the sole responsibility of the community producer and do not reflect Malden Access Television, the City of Malden, or your cable provider. MATV welcomes your comments. Call us at 781-321-6400 or email us at access at matv.org. Good evening, and welcome to More Than 02148. I'm your guest host this evening, Ed Lucy, and I have as my, my co-guest, my, my helper actually, uh, Greg Lucy. And he's not here just to get a, a night out. He knows more about what's going on, and I'll, I'm going to prove it as the show progresses because I've got to tell a story about one of the questions on the ballot. But anyway... Um, what is your kind of overview of the state-level election process so here? Starting right off the bat with the state. Um, well, what do you mean, the state results? First, well, you know, no surprise. I don't think it's state, state offices. No, we really didn't have many elections. Uh, you know, the governor's race, unfortunately, that was yeah. probably in the beginning. And, I mean, Jay Gonzalez probably saw that over time. It's You know, you get into these elections, and, you know, maybe in the beginning you think you have a shot to win, and you you know, as you move along into, you know, once you get the nomination in June, July, August, September, he's probably just thinking, I'm sorry, September after the primary, he's probably just thinking how difficult this was going to be. You know, Charlie B. Baker being a you know pretty popular governor of Massachusetts, you know, he's got more money than you. His, his approval rating's pretty high for a Republican governor. Um, he probably realized, you know, he start counting down the days and, you know, probably you, you get a realistic sense of your chances, I'm sure. So, you know, he, he probably knew early on it would be difficult to, to win, and I think the vote reflects that. You know, uh, he, he did better in Malden than statewide. I mean, we have we have the numbers, and uh, Baker basically beat him 2 to 1, 66% to 33%, but uh, uh, Baker only beat him by 10 percentage points in Malden. Yeah, I um, two things telling about that election, and, and one of them has little to do with why people both the way they do do, but the first reason is the money. Uh, Baker had a lot of money, and he kept getting more money as, as he needed it. And um, in Gonzalez's case, because he was, uh, wasn't was quite a sacrificial lamb, the reality was that uh, he didn't have access to the, to the money tree here in Massachusetts. And even if he did, it wouldn't have really made much difference in the final result. But the other thing I thought was kind of telling, uh, I saw a picture in the newspaper after their third de- forum or debate, which was held last week, about a week before the election, and they were standing next to each other, and um, of course they shook they shook hands because I think it was a gentlemanly race in terms of the the dialogue and the and the and the things that happened during the, some of some of the campaigning, but he's considerably shorter than Baker, the governor. And Most it, people are though. Baker's <laughs> tall, very tall. <laughs> well, he's more so, and so the result was the contrast was uh, not that it should impact the vote, but. It, it really was one of those things where you have uh, David and, and Goliath or whatever, and, and that's the difference they had in the money part of it, so although ultimately I don't think it would have mattered. The one thing, uh, and I wasn't able to f- ferret out those numbers, I noticed in Malden there were about 500 blanks in the governor's race, and um, that is not a, a huge number, but it's still, you know, you consider a, a well-publicized election, you think most people would have a, an opinion, and um, I just won the statewide. H- how much of the blanks? Because uh, not so much because of the uh, Democrats skipping Gonzalez, but r- rather, as I had mentioned in a previous show, uh, the governor at the convention, uh, Republican convention, um, had a co- an opponent named Lively, and not a well-known person, but he got about thirty percent of the vote at the convention, and then the governor had a campaign in the primary against the same ca- person. And uh, because if you get more than 15% as a a convention support, then you're eligible to go on the the ballot. 
And in the final uh, vote in the in the primary for the Republicans, Lively got about thirty percent of the vote there too. Yeah, and I, I, you know, if you look at that, you're right. For in, in Warren's race, I mean, I would think you know the vote yesterday, the governor's race would be the top one, or the Senate race. Warren, you know, two high-profile people, Baker and Warren. Warren only had 300, 303 blanks, and there was 491 in the governor's race. Um, so, you know, there's probably more than you would think because I, I find it hard to believe people would actually go out to vote in a state election like yesterday, given what's on the ballot, and then skip the governor's race. Um, yeah, and the reason I kind of thought there might be blanks in the governor's race is because the lively vote in the in the in the Republican side, they yeah. would be disenchanted with Baker because he isn't for Trump. Yeah, and he he tends to be more than the middle of the road. He tends to be somewhat left on some of the social issues. So I could envision where maybe Republicans might go in and not vote at all, rather than vote for the Repu- Democrat. I, I think if you check, that would be the reason. You're yeah. right. He's not he's not really a Trump guy, and yeah. he would you yeah. know uh, say say Deal, who ran against Elizabeth Warren was Trump's campaign manager in 2016 in Massachusetts. So I, I think you'd have some deal votes there that maybe look at Baker and say, you know what, he's not all in with the Republicans. You know, I'm, I'm not voting for Gonzalez, so I'm not all in with him today. Yeah. He's going to win anyways. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, sometimes you get elections like that on Gonzalez. You know, he was a very viable candidate. You know, you know I've met him a few times. And he had a good story to tell about his life. Yeah, and he just he just ran into the wrong. Sometimes you get in those races, and it's yeah. just the wrong race for you to yeah. run in. Yeah. Um, you know, just kind of going down here a little bit. You know, t- compared to statewide, did some numbers. Warren got sixty percent in Massachusetts, seventy sixty percent in Massachusetts, but yet she got seventy percent in Malden. So well, Malden came up better for Warren than you know statewide. Yeah, and but, down, down the Cape, she wouldn't have got sixty percent. Right, right. So, and then, you know, the, the other one that, that uh, if you went down there, you know, they've kind of fell in line. Maura Haley was a little bit higher in Malden. She got 76%, 69 statewide, so it was a little higher in Malden. Uh, Galvin was 75 in Malden, 70 statewide. And then some of the other races that, you know, they, I mean, you got uh, auditors and treasurers that probably people aren't that familiar with it. You know, Malden was kind of in line with the, with the state uh, uh, yeah, I, I just saw uh, in the printout here uh, from all. <laughs> I didn't I didn't realize that uh, Suzanne Bump had so many opponents. Not that it would made any difference, but uh, it must have been the Green Party, Libertarians, and Republicans, yeah. and and, uh, and none of the above, maybe. Yeah, which not a that's not a bad vote category if you had a chance to have that. None of the above. <laughs> yeah, I, I, last time we were on your show, I was glad to see this. We were, at least I was. I you know you you made it well. Uh, Think very highly of Jason Lewis, and I think his vote in Malden. I was from the primary. I was stunned by it that it was he won by so few. But it seemed like Jason got on back on track, and he got uh, twelve thousand eight hundred sixty-four votes, or seventy-two percent, seventy-two percent Malden, which was good. I was glad to see Jason back on track. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, aside from uh, the partisan parts of the politics, he he, uh, he certainly is a visible person and active as a state senator. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, we had the others. Uh, uh, Steve Altrino got 82%. He was running against Blanks, which is a good vote for Steve. Donato was a little higher. He had less precincts. He had 84% in Malden. Uh, he was running unopposed. Uh, Paul Brodeur, my 5-2 guy, uh, he Paul did well. He had 75%. You know, 5-2 is the only precinct that Paul has in Malden, so yeah. as visible he is. Or, uh, you know, he, he comes to every event that goes on in the city, but it's hard when you only have one precinct. The other part about that might be that the, the census is coming up in the 2020, and um, when the Jason Lewis ran two years ago for state senator, he he represented Winchester and uh, the, the city, uh, the town of Stoneham in the in the state legislature. So he now had to run in in, in that area for state senator, plus Malden, Wakefield, Stone, Stoneham. Well, I already mentioned Reading, and. Um, I'm not sure if there's some some other Wakefield is in there, but anyway, uh, I'm inclined to think when they do the redistricting in 2020, after they calculate the uh, compile the census information, that the, it, right now the Senate district is only half of Winchester, so I'm inclined to think they'll add the rest of that Winchester mm. part in, and um, it, it might be that maybe when they configure Malden five uh, two um, would make more sense as a Malden precinct where it's so large. And the other thing which is uh, kind of interesting when you think about it, at the local level, there are several people who are in city government 
who are from Ward 5-2. Well, when, they, when, they, when 5-2, I have to be honest with you, when 5-2, and I brought this up a few times. I'm over it now because I've got to know Paul, and I, I, I really like Paul and appreciate him and support Paul. But when, we moved, when they moved 5-2, it would have been 2000, in the 2010 sentence, 2010 uh, year um, census. It, was, it, was, it got everybody totally shocked because it's not like they give you a heads up. They just roll out the, here's, here's the numbers, 5-2 no longer is in a, in, in a Malden district. It's in a Melrose district, which, you know, I was shocked. It's the Forestdale area, very well, you know, voting. Every election, as you can see yesterday, uh, uh, 63% voted in 5-2. Um, it was shocking to me, and I remember Paul uh, calling me up because at the time I was on the city council, and, and when I found out, my, my you know, I, I, to me, not giving the heads up on it, at the time in 5-2, there was three city councilors out of 11 that lived in 5-2. So to take that district, a good voting district, three councils out of 11, in 5-2 there was myself, a council at large, there was Dave Dockandle, a council at large, and the current city councilor, Bob and Murphy, three out of 11, and switch it to a Merrill's district, it was, you know, it came as quite a surprise. So I, I don't think they thought that went through. But when Paul called me, he left me a message, and his message was... Uh, Geez, he was all excited, wanted to, you know, sit down for lunch and all excited about 5-2. And I called him back at the time because I had never had a conversation with Paul. And I said, obviously, you're a little bit more enthused than I am at this point. But, you know, I sat down with Paul. We had lunch and, uh, you know, we came to, you know, be a good friend of mine. So That's not unusual because, and, and more likely those things tend to be uh, somewhat parochial. If you happen to have a, uh, as, as someone who's been involved in a redistricting election, Many years ago, if a state rep representative, when they cut the size of the house from 240 to 160, the final uh, drawn drawn lines are um, sometimes it's an accommodation, sometimes it's a compromise, sometimes you just have to fit people into a particular uh, uh, district because you need some people to be moved around. But in uh, in many instances, the way it's finally resolved is not so much in fairness to the people, what they call gerrymandering sometimes, but rather it's the uh, the relationship a state representative and, and might have with the leadership and uh, versus someone else who might have another relationship with the leadership because when they finally do make a decision, uh, they can make an adjustment in the, in the map and make a logical reason for doing it, but in reality it may more more often be not to protecting somebody or the conveniencing someone, and it may have been at that time the, the current representative at that time, Chris Fallon, wasn't as interested in keeping 5-2 as he wanted to keep the west side of the city, and they just chopped up the city to convenience the existing person, who ironically, uh, as it sometimes happened, left after that when he ran for state senator, so it opened up the, the seat to other people, but except except for the people that lived in 5-2. Hmm. Uh, anyways, you know, the other the other thing that I... I, I was, it, it's encouraging. Yesterday, uh, yesterday's vote was across the citywide, citywide, every pre, every precinct, and we have some uh, precincts and wards in the city. Obviously, don't vote as well as much as the wards threes or the sixes or the, you know, the fives or the twos. But across the city, the percentages are up. The lowest um, vote total was seven one was forty eight percent. One one was forty nine percent. Everyone else was at least fifty percent. Yeah, it's impressive. Yeah, it's pre it's pretty good numbers. And in those three precincts, over sixty percent, which would be three one and three two. Three one was sixty percent. Three two was sixty four percent. You know, which that that's generally a good voting ward. And then of course five two was sixty three percent. This doesn't show the early voting, but there was a significant number of people early voted. And then you have the people that, by li by reasons of infirmary or uh, limitations of, of of options, and maybe for election day, vote by absentee ballot. Uh, so I, I didn't get down the vote myself until the afternoon, and it was raining by that time, and I was kind of kicking myself that uh, because the umbrella that was supposed to be in my car wasn't in, in in my car that I could see from the inside of the car anyway. So uh, when I got to the polling place, I was really surprised that it was as crowded as it, as it was to even park the car. And then when you went in, every single slot where people marked their ballots was taken. There was a couple ahead of me. There were several that came in after me. And um, one of the people had to uh, show some kind of a, an identification because it must have been a, a, an issue with uh, her address or whatever. And um, there were a bunch of people that were not listed. And, they, and 
But one incident, a woman w- w- came in, um, and for some reason, she I heard her say she lived on Clark Street, which I knew right away was uh, f- being on Salem Street. It was it was either f- Ward 4 or, f- or Ward 5, and I'm thinking, I hope she has a car out there because that's a long walk to go up the, the voting precinct. But in any event, even at that time, and, the, and the, when I was talking to a couple of people that worked the, the polls for the city, they said it's been like this all day. And, and again, it's reflected in the final numbers. So it was a very impressive turnout. Yeah, and uh, you know, another thing that came up yesterday, and we had talked about a little bit before, before the cameras started rolling, was about the Department of Justice uh, monitoring the election in Malden, yeah. which um, someone had texted me yet, uh, yet early yesterday morning, and I had texted them back just saying, is that just a rumor, or how do these things start? I, I'd never heard of it, but apparently there was a couple articles um, there was 35 communities uh, countrywide. The Department of Justify, uh, J- Department of Justice, Just, Justice was monitoring Malden being one. There was two in Mass. The other, there was another one in Massachusetts, Lowell, and then some of these others. There's four from Alaska, uh, you know, four from Arizona, a couple of California, Florida, Georgia, Iowa, Kansas, Nevada. There's a couple North Dakota. So it's just interesting, and and, and I guess the Department of Justice, they have a uh, civil rights division, and, you know, the reason they gave is they they, they, um, they picked these communities to make sure they're following uh, the Voters, right Act, Voters' Rights Act of 60, 1965, that people, you know, whether you're handicapped or language barriers, that there's no, uh, you know, barriers to uh, or blockades to getting people to vote, but... You know, it was something that was yesterday, and I guess it wasn't the first election that they, they monitored in Malden, which, you know, I'm hoping that at some point maybe we can uh, hear more about this from maybe the uh, city clerk's office, register of voters, or maybe at some point the Department of Justice writes a report on, on what they found. Yeah, that's very interesting because I, I saw the article in the paper, and, and um, my, my thought maybe was, well, maybe it was a random thing, but then that, those things tend to be— um, engendered because some complaints get in in some fashion there, there's complaints and, and uh, when you ran off to different areas to me the, the, those were the issues you might find in Florida or Georgia because in, particularly in Georgia there's a lot Georgia, of complaints sure. they, did they do Georgia in there? They did there was a couple in Georgia. Yeah they, they should did. because they, uh, the Secretary of State who was a candidate, Republican candidate for governor um, he was he he delisted a lot of people, unenrolled a lot of people that were that were supposedly eligible to vote and uh, used um, flimsy reasons. And um, predominantly, they were in minority districts, and there was his opponent was a minority woman. Yeah, so, it, uh, and, and what they do in all these other places, they're whole counties. So, like in in Georgia, it was Gwinnett County, which I was actually yeah, Adam played baseball tournament down there a couple of years ago. My son and we were actually in Gwinnett County, uh, and then there's Fulton County, which I think is Atlanta. Isn't I it? think the, you're right. Atlanta. So that would be Atlanta. So in, in Massachusetts, maybe because we're not we're less area than say in other of these states, they focused on Lowell and uh, not Lowell, um, yeah, Lowell and Lowell. Malden. Yeah. But what it says here is according to DOJ officials, the Civil Rights Division chooses jurisdictions for monitoring based on information from state and local election officials and community members. So that's that's kind of wide open. The office said it tells local election officials ahead of time about the monitoring. You know, to me, this is kind of a big deal. It is. Uh, and I would hope I would hope it's just not left that, you know, we kind of most of us just stumbled upon it. And maybe at some point there's some conclusion of what they found and that, you know, we, there should be a report that comes out and just explains... You know why they were here on more than one occasion? Well, the very fact you said that, I didn't even know they were. I knew they were based on what I read the other day. They were they were going to be in Malden Tuesday, but I, what, I didn't know they had visited us before. Yeah, no, it was it was a couple of elections. Uh, so, you know, hope, hopefully, uh, maybe our uh, city government can, uh, you know, inform inform us on that. Or I know there's a few individuals I talk to. They may come down to. They may get the, uh, the whole you know whole whole story yeah. on it. Uh, one other kind of thing, just in passing, uh, the if you uh, tuned in or have some interest in some other the uh, elections, uh, what you have is, um, especially at the county level, uh, people don't run with an opponent. And even as a state rep, uh, as uh, Greg had just indicated, even at the state level sometimes there's no opposition. So when you're nominated in the primary in September, you run on opposed in November. And I raised in, a, in a, 
my show last month that some states, what, what they do is everybody runs as a single slate. And then the top two people, they, some, some states do one way, some do it another way. But um, this, the more common way is that if the top person gets 50% or more of the vote in the primary, then they go on the, they go on the ballot in, no, in November unopposed. If, you get, if the person gets less than 50%, then the top two, regardless of the spread between the top and the second place finisher, go on the ballot in November. And the example I cited was um, the Congressman Price from, from uh, Georgia, who was in, a, in the resigned his seat um, to uh, go in the cabinet with um, f- for the president Trump? Who and he since got eased out for several different reasons. But in any event, they had a special election in, in his for his seat in Georgia, where he was uh, elected comfortably for a number of different uh, elections. And um, there was about ten or twelve people in total running, some of whom were Democrats, some who were Republicans. Um, it ended up someone who had lived in, moved into the district relatively recently, was, uh, raised a lot of money outside the district, and ended up, uh, he was a Democrat, ended up uh, getting the nomination as, as uh, one of the two people, and he was a top vote getter. The second place finisher, he had over 48% of the vote in, the, the, in that primary. She had about 22%, and she was second. And, but she was a Republican in a Republican district, and uh, had had been or was the secretary of state for the, for Georgia, and in the final election she won, and part of the reason would obviously be there was a lot of splinter voting in the primary, and that sometimes happens here, uh, especially those county elections. Well, you know, sticking with Georgia now, that that race for the governor was real close. There was, you know, I, I, it looked like Abrams, the Democrat, you know, she would have been the first uh, person of color woman to be governor of Georgia. Um, the race was going to be close to with Kemp, who was the uh, right. Secretary of State. Right. And uh, there was all sorts of, you know, they had in the end there some about, he, you know, what he brought up in the end about the Democrats doing some hacking or something. It was a little bit bizarre. But th- the reason why she's not conceding, besides it still being very close today, he has 50.4% of the vote as of today. If he goes under 50, they have a runoff in December. So there's still, even though there's 99% of the precincts reporting, but they were saying that there's at least 77,000 absentee ballots still out there. And a lot of the absentee ballots is coming from the Atlanta area. So those will probably be Abrams' votes. So she, if, if she can still lose to him, but if she can get him under 50%, they go one-on-one in, in, in December. And I think there was a third-party candidate, so they get out. So that that should be proven, in, you know, pre, prove pretty interesting if she can do that. Yeah, and how, and, and um, um, how much difference in that? How many absentee ballots? There's at least seventy-seven thousand oh, votes 77, okay. still to be counted. Yeah, I I I almost think that what I was going to say before the, the outrageous conduct that he did prior to the election by by purging the list and in effect seventy uh, percent of those people that he that were re- re- taken off the rolls were people who. Um, were from minority areas and more likely would have been supporting her. And, and th- that was in the tens of thousands. And um, I think also there was a, uh, uh, um, I don't want to know, it's a, it's, a ba- it's a ballot question in Georgia um, about allowing felons to vote? Florida, it passed. Florida, it's 1.4 okay. million more right. voters or 1.5 right. million. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, um, in fact, I think in Florida, if there's a 0.3 a percent difference in the top two is an automatic recount. But that's a that's that's a huge. You know, I I don't know what the voting percentage of a felons are, but just giving their right back. I mean, I I personally don't think you should lose your right forever. Um, you know, if you serve your time, you kind of did your did your time, you did your punishment, and um, so they 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 said it's one point four one point five million more Floridians, which who are felons have the right will have the right to vote, and given how Florida's elections are, whether they're Governor's state, presidential. I mean, we've seen some presidential. That's one of the states that. Well, Bush. Bush, yeah. You got Bush and Gore. You got, you know, even Clinton. The hanging Chuds. Clinton so only good. lost by 100,000. I mean, yeah. in, in, I, think, I think Gore and Clinton was, I mean, Gore and Bush was under 1,000. Wasn't it 800 or something? Yes, it was. Extremely close. In fact, it finally ended at the courts rule before they finished the count. Right. And so, but, but even the elections, say, this, this past election where you had, you know, uh, 
the governor's race was real close. That was that was kind of an ouch for the Democrats. Uh, didn't Gillum looked like he could might, might take that. I, um, the final numbers, I uh, Gil, uh, 50, Scott, thirty-four thousand. So so Nelson, you know, who's a, who's a sitting senator. No, that's that's the uh, yeah for governor. No, that's for the Senate race. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, so, okay, so you, was it fifty thousand? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, there were two. Okay. Both of those races were close. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Senate race was thirty-four thousand. So you you throw uh, 1.5 million more potential voters that that's quite that could shake it up a bit. Yeah. Well, I don't know. the ones the I can see where if you're a felon and incarcerated you wouldn't be able to vote. No, but they're saying but, the ones that you've served, that, if yeah. you, if you've served, served your time. time yeah. Then uh, um, <laughs> maybe you have to maybe you have to take a test that you know about history or civics. But but re, but uh, I'm being facetious. But you, you, I mean you you lose a lot of rights when you're in jail or you come into the court system. But one of them should be the right to vote yeah, if you're walking the street. I mean, now with elections now, every little bit helps somebody because yeah. because now it's gotten to the point where, you know, that that could be something. Um, that's why the governors' races and the state legislatures are so important because, as you were saying earlier, with the redistricting coming up, it's so important to have. Uh, you know, obviously the Republicans took advantage of that redistricting when they were in charge. When you have the state legislature and you have the governor, governor's position, you, you have all these these offices that, you know, kind of run the thing. They tend to divide the districts to what they really want. Well, it was so blatant in Pennsylvania that they ended up the, they went through the court process and the court dictated the districts. And and that that was beneficial to the Democrats because about five of the recent elections this year, uh, the Republicans lost. More because of the redistricting by the courts and on the original plan, right? And Pennsylvania is one of the ones that switched from a Republican governor to a Democrat governor right. one yesterday. So that's that's another plus, right? Right. If you're a Democrat, <laughs> I'm sure I don't know if all your uh, listeners are Democrats, yeah. but well, we had some ballot questions too, and I want to tell you a little story before we get into that. Uh, that's the way I had you he- among the reasons you're here because you know more than me. I was at um, I was at uh, the Eastern, East Boston Savings Bank and talking to Maria, giving an update on the uh, election results, and I uh, I had thought I had seen somewhere in the news last night that in question number one, um, it lost, and so I told her and and she had her her opinion of it, and I explained my my opinion. And then when I got home and I looked at more research information I had, sure, it passed. So basically for those people that are wondering what I'm talking about. There no, was one th- failed. One was no. The nurse question. Yes. That was, I'm that sorry. Failed. I'm yeah. sorry. I, I, um, I said that I thought it had passed and ah. it had failed. And I, in my previous show when I was talking about the – the questions I said I didn't think it was going to pass. This is now I'm giving you my opinion be, before the election, and at that time the reason I didn't think it was going to pass is because the administrators in hospitals and people that were concerned about staffing level being taken over by regulation as opposed to being handled administratively with by the hospitals themselves. Um, put a lot of money out there to, to uh, convince people to vote no. And uh, I cited the example of the last election of the bottle bill. When that first was surveyed by the public polling companies, they indicated people were strongly in favor of having deposits on, on water, water bottles. But once the bottling companies and the supermarkets pumped the money into the advertising, and it, it, it went down resoundingly. And the reason was they didn't want it because it, it meant that the indirectly or directly is either expense incurred or more important than that, that the bottling company people wouldn't be paying deposits and all the drinking water they'd go to some other plant so anyway that's the reason i thought it was going to lose yesterday and it did lose but i thought as of last night based on what i had seen on tv it had, it uh, it had prevailed so anyway but that was that wasn't even clear that that was really a, an issue that doesn't belong on the ballot right. some some you know not only was it confusing but to me that's more of a you know, a management union contract, although probably not all nursing staff is union, maybe. No, they're uh, not. They're not, so maybe that's that's a problem. But but it was it, strongly supported by the nurses who had unions. They, yeah, of course. Yeah. So, so you know, it, it was something that, you know, people, it was too confusing. You know, you had nurses say, say no, nurses Same say yeah, doctors say yeah, doctors for them. And, and those are the people in the field, and you had mixed emotions about it from that end. So yeah, yeah. allowing people to vote on it, maybe making a decision on that. 
Probably not a good idea yeah. to put that one on the ballot. Uh, just for the record, I had to sign in my lawn for uh, vote yes because uh, my daughter, who was a nurse, asked me to put one on in the yard. But anyway, she's one of the union nurses then. Yeah, yeah. The second, the second ballot question uh, uh, won overwhelmingly, I think. That and the third one did. And the third one did as well. That was the one. The second one had to do with. Uh, it's just creating a commission. I don't really know what it really means. I, I kind of thought that uh, it, it had much to do about nothing. I don't see how effective it's going to be. And the, th the third one was a, on the transgender. All it does is retain what's currently the law. Uh, and interesting enough, there were a number of other questions that was that were proposed to be put on the ballots and for different reasons were ru ruled either inadequately uh, written or uh, ruled off by by court decrees or whatever. So there was only three to, to deal with, and even those weren't of the best that the, uh, uh, we can think about for choices that we need to think about on election, on election day. Um, the national election, uh, uh, are you surprised? Uh, whose, ta whose take do you want? I, I mean, I've listened to the president today, unfortunately, uh, uh, and I, you know, I, I think it's, uh, I'll speak from a Democratic side because I, I can't speak for the other side because that's not who I am. I think a lot of the, uh, I think there was some disappointment because in the past, there's been these midterm elections where I know Bush got clobbered in 2002, I think, and Clinton, Clinton, Clinton took a beating in Obama in 2010, where you just had all these these flip of the flip of House seats and Senate seats. If if you, in in my view, listen, you picked up 27 or 28 seats. You you, you picked them up in Congress. At least now there's a majority in Congress where they have subpoena. Right? And, and one thing I don't want the Democrats to make a mistake at, I don't want their sole focus to be to, to impeach Trump or, you know, definitely investigate him because the last two years, I mean, between his business dealings, what he's got going on, and, you know, just some of the stuff that's been going on, they haven't looked into anything. So they, they, that's part of the Congress's job to do that. Now they have chairmen and committees that will be run by Democrats, so you're going to you, – you will have – Committees that actually do you know, do the job they're supposed to do. Um, the Senate wasn't re ever really realistic. I mean, most of the seats that were up, because they're not like Congress where they all had to run. I think there's 35 seats up, and 25 were Democrats. 23 and 10. 23 and 10, whatever the number was. So the Democrats were defending a whole bunch of seats, and a lot of those in in, in South Dakota. I mean, you, you, you know, there was no surprise there that the incumbent Senate lost. Um, uh, the Indiana person, you know, the Democrat, you know, those, those are conservative states. They just happen to have a Democrat in there. So, you know, they end up losing uh, about three states, seats in the Senate, I believe. But, yeah, they lost, uh, they also lost, they lost Donnelly in Ohio. They lost the woman in North Dakota. And they lost, uh, what was the other oh, one? Oh, in, in, in uh, uh, McCaskill, Missouri. McCaskill, Missouri. She lost. And she, she lost big. Yes. And uh, the North Dakota lost big. And Donnelly lost. So those are one. And, and I know Donnelly was a one-termer, so, I mean, he was a bit vulnerable. And and the North Dakota uh, senator was an upset winner in her last election when she beat, when she won it. So losing today, uh, yesterday. And, um, and maybe they got hurt a little bit with their position on the Supreme Court vote. But probably that in and of itself didn't matter that much. No, but you got back, to, you know, you beat Heller in Nevada. Who's yeah. a Republican? That, and that's why I have to laugh at the president's uh, press conference today. That, uh, you know, what I was getting back to when Bush got bombed in 2002 and Obama took a beating in 2010, they more or less came out and admitted. I think you know Obama said, "Geez, we took a shellacking yesterday," and Bush said, "Geez, we got our lunch handed to us." You know, but th this president, you know, he only remembers, uh, you know, the the ones that they may have snuck in. So he 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 was saying, he, you know, it was a win. He was a win for him. You know, he talked about the, the Florida vote, the Senate and the governor's race. He talked about the governor in Georgia, which isn't resolved yet. So, uh, you know, he mentioned a couple others, but he forgot about Nevada, Heller. You know, the Democrats took a bunch of governorships, you know, so they got those back. And three of the governorships are in the Midwest, you know, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. Yeah, but that was, that was a little bit of a surprise, I thought. Yeah, yeah, Walker. They, they, they finally finally got rid of Walker. Yeah. So they took some governorships back in those states that they have to win back in 2020. Yeah. So you have to, you know, it, it's like a chess game. you got to always be thinking ahead, move on from yesterday, and, okay, and what, do we, what, what do we need to do in 2020 to be successful? Right. One other thing that's really of a, of a, really kind of a profound effect from this election, separate from all the dynamics that, that were, uh, and uh, I'd almost say normally I'd be glad it's over because I get you almost get tired of, of all the kinds of uh, 
uh, news and advertising that goes on, building up the election. You can get hours and hours every day about pollings and positions and whatever. But one of the things, and I think it's a, uh, of a positive nature, is that the, the wide range, even whether you're Republican or Democrat, of women that were successful for first-time effort, it really um, maybe bodes well for the future uh, if, uh, 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 if they don't get too insulated into the system like the men are, that how many women, first-time candidates, and sometimes they ran against each other, but there were a lot of women uh, uh, brand new to Congress. I think they said maybe over 100 all together. There was 115 women. Yeah. That won national office yesterday. That would include senators. Yeah. Forty-two women of color. There was there was uh, two Muslims. Two Muslim. I know uh, there was one. Oh, there's two. Michi- Michigan and Minnesota. There, there was a Korean in California. Michigan, right? Minnesota. Uh, you know, so the 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 um, not only are there more, will there be more women in Congress, but there's more diversity too, which is which is badly yeah, needed. Yeah, yeah. They're. Um, the other thing that was striking to me was there was a, a extend past the election is that before before the results were in or really literally at the time the results were in the president advised his attorney general to resign or you're going to go out the door so he left today because under pressure as he admitted he was asked to resign and um, there was another Republican congressman named Sessions. I forget which state he was from. He also lost. Nothing to do with uh, Jeff Sessions. But um, the interesting thing in my mind about Sessions, he was one of the first states, the United States senators to come out in support of Trump. He campaigned vigorously before the election for Trump, got the appointment and as got AG, and I didn't agree with him about a lot of the things that he that he was part of his uh, track record or resume in terms of being a senator from Alabama. But the, the thing that he did do because of ethical reasons and very legitimate ones that he's, he stepped aside for the investigation that's currently under the Mueller uh, group. And this, the day that he stepped aside is the day that Trump has been nothing but rating him. And, I mean, when you think about it, here you have a, an appointment that's with a loyalist to you when you ran, you, you someone who thought of you as a, 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 a plus for the country, and almost the entire time you're in office, you're, you're being pushed towards the closet and, and with the door closed after you said go in the closet. And I think he humiliated the person far beyond what's necessary. But but he's not the only one. And it's just amazing to me that you, you get people of this stature that have been uh, bullied, abused, you know, uh, by him, obsessions. I mean, what he did to him, the tweets and the, uh, it's just outrageous, yeah, yeah. the attorney general. But, you know, I mean, you can say the same thing for Cruz. You know, he made said his wife was ugly and your father, his father had something to do with killing JFK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he ends up with him. So yeah. it just, it's just mind-blowing yeah. that uh, people have such short memories of what they do to survive. Yeah. The, the, the other thing that's, again, and nobody's uh, maybe uh, uh, pure in politics in the sense that we think of, uh, uh, we hope that they'd be, but two, two congressmen, Republicans, were reelected. One of whom, the one in New York, uh, is uh, been indicted, and I think you said Hunter in Cal- Collins is in New York. They, they, he was supposed to get off the ballot because and they, they wanted to protect this, the district because it, it was a, it was a Republican district based on the previous votes, and he ended up not only not getting off the ballot, he he couldn't get off, and he campaigned and got elected, and it, it was close, but not that close. Uh, and he and uh, and again he has he's he's been indicted so he's going to go go to court in some fashion and and it had to do with uh, out. inside trading. Well, I mean he he actually was sat on a board a pharmaceutical company. Yes. it was an Australian comp- company. They uh, they had done some tests on a drug, and it failed. So obviously that's going to affect the bottom line. He got the heads up. He sold all sorts of stock. And supposedly he saved about $560,000 by doing so. Yeah, he told his son and he told some other people to sell your yeah. stock before the public announcement. And, and uh, I mean, that's Martha Stewart. I mean, she went to, you know, somewhat of a yeah. jail. I mean, that's, that's a jailable offense. Yeah. And, uh, and then the hunter in California, um, he was using um, his, his campaign account as a piggy bank, and he was— I think he um, he had some family events that he used the money, uh, golf tournaments. He bought things and took uh, trips. He did, he, although a good guy, Duncan Hunter, is he blamed his wife in the end because she she was the treasurer, so he blamed her. But yeah. you know it was all on a credit card. And, and you know the other thing with that too is I know you're you're innocent to proven guilty, but if you get indicted for federal uh, f- uh, by the federal uh, by the feds, it's a, like a ninety six percent 
conviction rate. Most of that would be they don't end up going to trial. They plead out because, say, on Duncan, Hunt, Duncan Hunter's case, it's all credit card bills. So they'd have all those statements, and now you have to. It was $250,000. It was a trip to Israel. There was, you know, those trips, and there was out, some outrageous stuff. Too, which, yeah, but it, the part that cracked me up was that, you know, he ended up turning on his wife that she was the one that spent the money. And if you look at some of the expenses, obviously he was using, he was using the card too. Stand-up well, guy. Well, that's a good reason to have the woman in front of you when you when you campaign, and she's going to fall on the sword. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, there was uh, you know, because I, I I was looking at those two because I knew they were indicted. And getting back to Jason Lewis, there's a Jason Lewis from Minnesota. Oh. And the guy is a piece of work. You know, he's 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 sent some outrage. He's just an outrageous. He's a Republican. Outrageous. You know, if somebody wants to Google about you know saying stupid things when you're in office, he's Jason Lewis. And he lost. Oh, he lost. Which was good. Yeah, I was rooting against him. And the reason why I know, because our Jason Lewis, the good guy Jason Lewis, uses him as kind of, uh, you know, he, he mentions how sometimes he gets, uh, you know, people send him letters and stuff because he's got the same name. or, yeah. But it's a different Jason Lewis. Yeah. He's in Minnesota. It was in Minnesota. Uh, just for your, just asking you, your opinion, the, uh, Trump was a winner or a loser yesterday? He, 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 well, he wasn't a total loser. Uh, you know, I mean, there, he did, there was some victories. Uh, but, you know, besides Heller, there was some other things that went on. He, the governor that lost in uh, in Missouri was his guy. Uh, and he was he was another guy that had a lot of baggage. Too. Well, he, he, he headed Trump's, uh, you know, the— He was the secretary of state. Secretary of state, because he, he was the head of the commission for Trump, the 5 million illegal, uh, illegal aliens that voted. Yeah, uh, yeah. So he headed that thing. Of course, that fizzled up because it's non—chasing their tail is something that's non-existent. He lost. Trump, you know, obviously yeah, supported him. Yeah. They had the uh, man mansion, West Virginia ended up winning, and, and Trump campaigned in West Virginia against him, even though he supported him on his uh, uh, Supreme Court. Supreme Court. He, he went to West Virginia, which Trump is extremely popular, and Manchin still won. And you had, there was another, Testa, Testa in Montana. You know, Don Jr. had a gripe against him. He kept on going to Montana against Testa. He's a Democrat in a very conservative state. He survived. So he had some losses. And like yeah. I say, you still lost the House. I mean, you did yeah. okay in the Senate. You yeah. know, we'll give you that. But those, those, are, uh, those are tougher races yeah. to win. Yeah. Um, I think he had um, what you say is accurate. But what I also think the way the dynamics of politics sometimes works, he probably, perception-wise, he had more winners than losers in the sense that um, – it tends on the off year for the incumbent president to lose the House. So the, he, he did lose the House seats uh, in this election Tuesday. However, um, in the states that, whether it was Florida, Georgia, some of these other states where he spent in Missouri, he went and spent time in all these very, very red states, uh, a lot of his people prevailed. Now, whether they would have won or not, uh, if he hadn't gone there, you, you, you never know because he did go there. But he, but in his mind, and he, you can, he, he'll make a case that well, look, we lost less seats in the Congress than we would have lost if I didn't do what I did do, and we saved a lot of seats because of what I did do, and for his to suggest to the people of America that he had to put eight thousand United States soldiers down on the border to get these people, prevent them from coming to the country. They were a 1,000 miles away. They're a month away from getting even to the border. Not that they, you can make a case for them coming in, but there's a far stronger case to say you can't let them in because if you let them in, there'll be 10,000 the next month and there'll be 50,000 two months from now. But in any event, for him to do what he did for the, for the, for the soldier was totally, totally political, devoid of any reasonable reality, and they only did it to, to inflame his own base, which maybe in some ways it did. Well, it would, and, and he, you know, that whole caravan thing, you know, they're a thousand miles away. They're not, you know, he has, he has ISIS in there. It's like ISIS is going to Guatemala to get into the United States and go that route. He has, you know, M13 members. He's got you know, he had every bad character that you, you, you know, you, that fear. I mean, that's what he, he runs on. And when, in fact, and I, and I can't say for every single one of them, but there's women, there's children, there's desperate people. And, again, I'm not saying they come to the board and you let them all in. There's a process. But certainly you don't go around calling them invaders or, you know, putting a stigma on immigrants like all immigrants are bad because it's just not true. And, uh, you know, he ran that commercial that most— most of the many 
these networks end up not running it. But if you ran it when it was too late, uh, you know, with the with the uh, cop killer, that was an immigrant. I mean, it was total, total, total race. It, it was it was it was off the charts. Even Fox News, Fox, uh, that stopped running it. So that tells you how bad that 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 commercial was. Um, Senator Warren, uh, viable for two years? From no. Now? No. My opinion. No. No. I don't think so. Because? Not I, Indian enough? I, I, you know, I, <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think that that's, uh, uh, I, I think the Democrats have to do something different. They have to, I don't think Bernie, uh, Bernie Sanders is the answer. I don't think Elizabeth Warren's the answer. I'm not sure who is, but I hope someone that comes in. You need somebody. The way the way the the country is now, there's there's um, states that are just going to vote Democratic, the states that are going to vote Republican, and there's there's five or six states that are going to decide elections. They're the Wisconsin's, you know, the Ohio, the you know, the Michigan's, the Pennsylvania's, Florida. the Florida. In those states, if you can't win those states to get electoral votes out of there, you're not going to win the election. So the Democrats have to find somebody that uh, is, is is electable in those states. I mean, they're all, always going to carry Massachusetts. They're going to carry California. They're going to carry New York. Uh, you know, Republicans will get Texas. Will get you know the states that they always get. But it's it's really come down to five or six states that 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 win the election. And that's why, you know, I know we had talked about the last show. Where I said, geez, I wish we brought up the electoral college because I think at this point that needs some that's something that has to be uh, that looked at. If that's how we, you know, if you have elections that say in the last election you have somebody that lost by 3 million votes and still get to be president. You have Al Gore in 2000, you know, get more votes than George Bush because of electoral votes, you lose. I think you have to start looking at that. Maybe that's not the way, right way to do it. Um, you know, I think it gives an unfair, it used to be, you don't want to give the, the, you know, all the advantage to people in the, you know, the urban communities, but the same token, I don't think it should get elected by some of these states that have two senators, maybe Owen congressmen, but, the, you know, some of these states... Uh, you know, like Bill Maher, I know, always says, you know, why do we have two Dakotas? If you add up the population of the two Dakotas, it's about 1.6 million or something. You know, uh, New York City, if New York City was a state, they'd be the 12th highest populated state, but yet they're a city. So, you know, you, you have California. They have uh, 54 electoral votes. There's 22, 22 states that equal the, the population of California. Yet those 22 states have 94 electoral votes. California only has 54, so it's only it's it's 40 more votes. That's the same population. 22 states. Um, you know, Alaska under two under a million people in Alaska. They have two senators. You know, that's all part of the electoral college. I just think you know they have to they have to do something so that that it's truly one vote. You know, and that way there your vote, your vote feels like it counts. Um, you know, you get Massachusetts. If you don't vote, it doesn't matter. It's still going to go Democratic. Yeah. I've said that on the program previously, and that's the frustration is that it's possible that people would more likely vote if the individual vote had a, a meaning is equal to what some other person votes somewhere else because you're right. Um, to to carry a state, um, let's say, by 100,000 votes, but it's a winner-take-all in electoral college, although in theory it might not work that way because there's a... There is that uh, possibility that someone could vote differently on on the expected uh, vote for the electoral college. Doesn't happen, really. It happens at all. It happened a couple of times, I think, in our history. But that's right to think that in terms of uh, Massachusetts, uh, when you go, even when you look at the the candidates running, uh, the Republicans don't feel candidates in a lot of the offices because number one is they can't find qualified people who wanted to go through the. Uh, frustration of running and losing, and the second thing is that the the, the Democrats, because of the the way people vote in Massachusetts, are entrenched. California is just is another example, and certain depending on what part of the state of California, I was very very Democratic, Orange County Republican, and that's why maybe you have someone like that hunt the guy, even though he's under indictment, gets elected because they'll take him over, they'll take over a Democrat. Well, and you also get situations, say with Trump, like when he did the tariffs. So the the farm people up in the, uh, you know, in the, uh, you know, the the, the um, Ohio and those places, they get affected by it, the farmers. So what do you do? I mean, he needs those three or four states to win the election next time, or he's, he's not. If he, if he doesn't take them, he's not going to win, right? So what do you do? You put, you give him twelve billion dollars in farm subsidies. 
So, you, you know, it's it, it just not, I, I just think it's got to the point where the days of, say, Richard Nixon when he trounced George McGovern and took every state but Massachusetts and probably Washington, D.C. I don't even think they did so count them. Well, they do. They count them as something. They get three yeah, electoral votes. Yeah, right. Oh, do they do? Yeah, they do. They get, they get the lowest. They get the same electoral votes as the, the lowest. Oh, so there's like six states that have three electoral votes. So they get three electoral okay. votes. But, you know, those days are somewhat. Ronald Reagan did it. You run the country. Those days are gone for the foreseeable future. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, you know, to elect a president, like I say, there's five or six states that matter. That's what they said, yeah. Now, um, the president... Um, formed the re-election committee the day after he got elected. He Do you think there's a definite possibility that he's going to run again or that he may not? Oh, I think he likes it. Oh. You know, I think you, you get all the toys in hand, at yeah. your hand. And, yeah. uh, and and I think, hey, listen, to him, I, I, I think the first year he, he's, he was kind of klutzy in there. He didn't really know what to do. He wouldn't admit that. But now I think he's he's comfortable in his own skin. You know, he's, he's, uh, he's made the Republican Party into... It's amazing how that party's evolved in two years. Uh, so I, I think he likes it. He likes the power. He likes the attention. You know, people talking about him. He's in the news. I mean, I know he's always on my mind. I wish he wasn't. But <laughs> I wake up in the morning thinking about him, and I go to bed thinking about yeah. him. Well, the uh, uh, one thing uh, is you would hope that after all of what's going on to build up to this election yesterday— that you get a reprieve, but I don't think you no, will. No, there's no reprieve it's, anymore. It starts all over again yeah, in preparation for two years from now. Yeah, but I do think that if the Democrats are not careful, you know, we can't go by what we think around in this state. Yeah. And actually, I talk to people all the time. I, I, I know one thing I don't do. If someone that favors Trump, I, I respect their opinion, and I don't talk about it because, you know, if he hasn't done anything to offend you by now to say, maybe this guy's not right for the job, you're never going to get off the bandwagon. Yeah. He, he's got the 40%, and no matter what he does, he's going to have the 40%. So I say for you Democrats, millennials, uh, women, suburban women, you make sure you go out to vote in 2020, take a friend with you, and that's how you— I don't want to get, see him get impeached because that, get, that will get too messy. And there may not be enough there to impeach him, but get him out on the ballot box fair and square. That's, that's what we should be doing by election. Yeah, you had mentioned that earlier. I was going to—I was going to touch on it myself. I, I, I when the when the uh, Nancy Pelosi made that comment, if they take the House back, that would be a way of uh, moving forward in an effort to impeach the president. To my mind, get off that. He's the—he's the president-elect. Uh, he's got two more years to go. He's going to have to run on what he's accomplished or what people think he's accomplished, and you have to run a, a positive campaign to to, to 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 beat him. And you have to have issues that the that's Spark the people. He he didn't run on the economy, which is in theory what he should have been running on. Should wasn't. But it, it's not a it's not something that strikes a, a lot of emotion with people. If you're doing better, you, you take it for granted. If you're not doing as well, you hope maybe tomorrow's going to be better. But when you start showing pictures of people walking across three four countries to get to the to your border, that that strikes with pe a lot of people, and that's far more important. Than the than the, the facts of the matter, they, it's the emotion gets people to turn out the vote, and he gets he, he did that. Of course, he had some commercial. They were tearing down the wall, and you know they were tearing down walls. It was like all, I don't even know where the picture was taken. It looked like something out of a movie, right? Yeah, yeah. But that would have been you know Trump's version yeah. of the caravan. Yeah. He, that's what it was in that ad. It's just this mob of people tearing down a wall, and people look at that. Oh, that's the caravan. That's coming to this. That's coming to the borders, and it, it wasn't even the same group. But that's why the Democrats, they have to get somebody. Listen, they ran on some issues this time in Congress, for Congress this, you know, yesterday. One of them was health care. Health care is a mess. Uh, you know, it's a tough issue to tackle. But you, you're saying you want to make health care better for people. You know, get issues like that. Work at it. Show the people you're serious about it, not just you're the anti-Trump Trump thing, because that's too easy to be. Mm. And uh, I don't think it's a, it's a winning formula. Yeah. Well, he might be Trump might be a person of vision <laughs> because early on in his own campaign for president, he made some comment to the effect that he could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue in New York and and um, get away with it. And and he, he certainly said a lot of things that are that uh, are inaccurate, outright blatant lies and emotional issues that you normally expect to have from a, a someone by definition to be a demagogue to uh, move the people forward. But and uh, 
it's it, it, like you just said, after all the things he said and done since he's been president and carrying the baggage he had when he ran for president, that uh, at this point, his issues personally aren't going to be a, an, an issue when they people don't matter. vote. They yeah. really don't matter. Yeah. And I remember yeah. I, I did a show in 2015. It was Joe, Joe Panadosi's show. Yeah. Maybe it was 2014. And at the time, they just started talking about people running for president back then. And I remember we were talking about who was going to be on the Republican side. You know, I remember sitting there and I mentioned people like, you know, I'm trying to think. Oh, let's see, who, who would be, you know, you try to think of candidates. You never know until they actually get yeah. into the race. But I was thinking of Chris Christie. I remember Rubio was thinking about running. And even Joe, who's a Republican, never mentioned Trump. Yeah. So, you know, Trump came along, you know, and he won somehow. Yeah. So I think this time here, I think there'll some there'll be somebody that will surface. Like I say, it's, it, may, it may not be someone that you're talking about right now as the front leader, you know, the Joe Bidens of the world or the... Elizabeth Warren, but they need to get someone elected, elected, and all Democrats need to come together, even if it's not the candidates you prefer. And anyone that votes third party, third party candidates, don't, because th th those things are a killer too. Yeah. Well, they, th is there still a Green Party? Or, uh, there always is. Oh yeah. You know, they always get those people up. It's it's such a waste to vote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, at the, at the state level, the. the Charlie Baker, you think he's going to spend his four years in office? Yeah, he seems to be. I, I, I don't think he's like the others. I don't think he's looking to go anywhere. He, he, I, I think this will be his own. He won't run again. I don't yeah, think. Yeah. Um, you know those those people like Charlie Baker, they take, uh, you know, take a financial hit for the family when they run for these positions because they make they can make a, a far more money, and he was making a, a lot more money in the private sector than he would as governor. Yeah. Now, if I'm not mistaken, did he give up the salary too? I know Romney did. I thought he. Uh, he I don't he, know, he, Charlie. I don't know if he did. Romney did because he could really afford yeah, it. I, a, by the way, speaking of Romney, he's now back in the in the public eye again. Yeah, yeah, he made a comeback, and he won big. He did. Yeah, he won. Uh, of course, that would that'd be a Republican state, but still, uh, uh, turned away from being Secretary of State. Turned to you know couldn't win the presidential election, but he resurfaced as a senator. Yeah, yeah, and it'll be interesting um, how he votes because uh, he's seen it from both sides of the street. And he may be better than you think voting. Why? I, I, you know, him and Trump obviously have the history. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not so sure they have a, they, a lot of these Republicans. They just do what he wants. But yeah. I'm not so sure Romney would be that. Yeah, well. I mean, he's got nothing to lose at this point in his life. I mean, I, I don't think he'll, he would, uh, you know, I'm sure he was, he was embarrassed with that whole Secretary of State uh, charade, you know, bringing him in. And uh, yeah. he was never going to pick him. No, but that's the, but uh, that's, that's uh, he just got kicked out the door before before he uh, uh, he got a job with the administration. Unlike Sessions, who who uh, here he gave up the Senate seat to take a, a position in the administration, and he was treated like a, like the uh, the widow uncle you keep in the attic the whole almost the whole time he was in office. You know, and actually, of all the people that he had in his cabinet, Session yeah. probably did the most for him. Yeah, you know, he ran with the with the uh, yeah. what Attorney General Trump yeah, wanted. Yeah, yeah. He just personally just had a problem with him. The one we never hear about is the the, the energy cabinet from Texas, <laughs> and he he may be the smartest one. That's right, stay out of the he, news. He just never says anything. Well, we hope we've been somewhat informative today, and I hope uh, if for, for for those of you that know people that may have missed the show tonight, that that we we run on Saturday and Sunday, and. Uh, we had some surprises in the, in the election, but overall, um, somehow or other, the the, com the country muddles up through, and we're going to end up uh, succeeding in our own way in spite of ourselves. It just times are just tougher than usual. That's all. So thank you for listening. I appreciate it, and uh, hopefully we'll see you again next month, uh, first Wednesday of the month.